Thank you for listening to the Celebration Church podcast. For more information about Celebration Church, go to ccacron.org. There you will find information about our church, upcoming events, and how to make a contribution to the ministry of Celebration Church. We hope this message is an encouragement to you. How's everybody doing today? Hallelujah. Awesome. We're going to go to John 11, not John 4, Tony. I'm so sorry. John 11. We are glad to be back. Um, Pastor and I spent a couple days in Florida. Did he already tell you this? We spent a couple. I, I go check on the kids, and I never know what happens when I'm gone. We, uh, we spent a couple days in Florida, and um, we are back in town, and we are refreshed and revived and ready to go. We may tag team preach this morning. That was the initial idea, but anytime you give mama the mic, I just want to preach. So we'll see what happens. If we don't tag team, we'll, we'll wrap it up together next week. But um, I want to talk to you today out of John 11. And so this is about Lazarus. How many of you enjoyed the play with Lazarus a couple of Sundays ago? And, you know, Lazarus was a friend of the Lord. Mary and Martha were friends of the Lord. Jesus had spent time hanging out at their house. He had spent time eating with them, probably cracking jokes, cutting up. And um, Mary had anointed Jesus, had washed his feet with her tears. And Jesus is out with his buddies And he's doing the work of the ministry. And here comes a messenger saying, Lord, your friend is sick. And so what does Jesus say? All right. I'll go a couple more days. A couple days we'll head out there and check on him. But it's your buddy. It's your buddy. How many of you have served the Lord your whole lives? How many of you have spent hours doing the will and the work of God? You know, he, he, he was the modern day churchgoer, the modern day disciple of Christ, that we love Jesus, that we um, serve him, that we read our Bibles, that we um, tithe, right? Amen. And yet, how often do sometimes we go through trials? Always! You know, when I was a newly born again Christian, I, um, you know, was naive enough to think that everybody just did everything the Bible said and um, so that was me, and I'm, you know, being obedient, I'm following um, scripture, and, and, and aligning my life with the word of God, and I can remember the very first season that I did A and B and C didn't come out, and I was like, what do you mean? Like, I did it right, and he doesn't say, follow me, and everything's going to be perfect, but he says he's going to meet us right where we are. He says, draw near to me, and I'll draw near to you. And, um, and really, that's where Lazarus found himself. He found himself sick unto death, and Jesus, his buddy, continued on with the work of the ministry. And so what happens? Lazarus dies. And um, in verse 4, John eleven four, 4, it says, when Jesus heard that, he said, this sickness is not unto death but for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified to it. 
And I just want to encourage you that wherever you're at and whatever season, whatever thing you found yourself in, whether it's depression or sickness or finances or just the yuck. How many of you know lots of stuff happens and you're like, but where are you, Jesus? Where are you? Am I the only one that's ever been there? Has no one ever said, where are you? Because y'all are so quiet. I'm going to light a fire underneath you. And he said, this sickness is not meant unto death. Is not meant unto death. But what happened to Lazarus? He didn't just maybe die. He didn't just might end up in a coma or have a little case of strep. He was done, did, dead. He was in the tomb for four days. He was stinky. It wasn't even a, a, a question of whether or not he had died. He done did stunk. How many of you got issues that are smelling today? That people around you are going, what's wrong with her? What's wrong with him? You walk in the room and they're like, oh yeah, there goes negative Nellie again. Oh, there goes complaining Sally. Oh, yep, who's she going to talk about this time? She's wretched. But Jesus said, this sickness is not meant unto death. But it's meant for what? For the glory of God. You see, when Jesus came, he came to give us life and life abundant. He came that the Son of Man might be lifted up. And that means that you and I might be go through trials and tribulations, but it's the principalities, it's the things of the world that we're up against, and it's all for his glory. If it wasn't about us being transformed, Formed and used to display the beauty and power of God, we'd be born again and snatched up in a moment of time. But we're not snatched up in a moment of time because it's meant for his glory. You and I are still breathing. You and I are still on this side of heaven because we have a purpose. Say, I have a purpose. I have a purpose. It is not meant for death. It's not meant so I can come be a gloomy, sad, pathetic Christian. I don't think pathetic and Christian should ever go in the same sentence. What about you? I think that the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives and reigns on the inside of you and I. I think that the resurrection blood of Christ that was shed for you and I is flowing in my veins, flowing in your veins, and therefore we have a purpose, and it is not meant to stink. It is not meant to be a stench in this world. It is meant to be the very fragrance of Christ flowing out on us. Amen? Are you stinky today? I guarantee you 98% of you got up this morning and brushed your teeth. If you're the 2%, don't raise your hand. But don't come to my table for Selfie Sunday. You can go to one of the other ladies' tables. And 98% of you took a shower, you put on deodorant, and some of you sprayed something nice. But do you wake up every day and get clothed with the righteousness of Christ? Do we wake up every day and say, good morning, Holy Ghost. Good morning, Holy Ghost. Come. What are we going to do today? What are we going to do today? What would you have for me today, Father? What is it? Are we going to do a little dance? 
Are we going to do a little stomping? Are we going to do a little declaring? What is it that we're going to do today? Or are you waking up with that stench of, he done did me wrong. He done did me wrong, I said. He done did me wrong, and I'm going to sing the blues all my days. <laughs> Lazarus was only in the grave a couple of days, people. There's a, there's a little window for venting. I'm just going to get a little practical. Is that okay with you? There's a little window for venting, but that window closes. And there's a difference between venting and sitting in stench. And beginning to smell like the world. And today is the day to get the earwax out. Today is the day to, to, to begin to take off the grave clothes. And realize that he didn't give you a spirit of fear. Of oh woe is me it'll never happen. He didn't come to give you poverty. He didn't come to give you sorrow. He came to give you life and life abundant. He came to bind the broken heart. He came to set the captives free. He came to give you the oil of joy for mourning. He came to give you the spirit of praise. It is not meant to be a gloomy world. You may have a million bucks or you may have a dollar, but he is still worthy. And your life can still bring him glory. You can be satisfied with $50. You can be satisfied with $500. It doesn't matter because it's not about the thing. It's about the person. It's about the person, whether you're single or you're married, kids or no kids, retired or working. It's about the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He came that we might have life and life abundant. And that life is found in the spirit, not in the natural. It's found in the spiritual things, not in the natural. Paul says that he can abound with much or he can abound with little. How is it with your soul today? How is it with your soul? Are you found yourself in that tomb because you don't gotta? We all don't got us something. Who cares? He chose you. He chose you. Someone's saying, how do you know? Because your little rear is sitting right there. Because you still got breath in your lungs. Because you got out of bed and he brought you. You didn't bring yourself here. Don't think that good of yourself. He chose you. Whether he born you into the family you're in, whether your neighbor brought you, whether your kids brought you, he brought you here to hear his word. That you live another day not for death, not for sorrow, but for life and life abundant. So let's, let's go on a little bit more in the story. Y'all okay with that? Okay. So, Jesus eventually gets on his way. He stays two more days in the place, and then he goes. So, while he goes, Martha, Lazarus is dead. He done did died. Martha finds that Jesus is coming. She takes off running. Yeah! Jesus! I'm going to tell him. I'm going to tell him he done did wrong. He left my brother to die. Now, how many church people up in here <laughs> like to run with your fist to the pastor? You should have done this. Or run your fist to the Lord. Why this happened? You let this. 
That's Martha. Busybody Martha come and tell Jesus what he done did wrong. Don't raise your hands right now. We're laughing, but there's always that person. There's certain people, when they walk up to me, I just kind of laugh. Because I know it's coming. <laughs> you come and tell me what somebody done did wrong. Well, what I did wrong. And the crazy thing is that's what Martha did. That's what, that's what we do with Jesus. Well, Lord, why'd you let that happen? Well, if you would have just done this, this, and that, and moved the puzzle pieces. This chess piece wasn't in the right place at the right time. Poor God, you just didn't know. That's what Mary did. Jesus, if you'd have just been here, if you'd have just been here, Jesus, if you'd have just been here, wouldn't have lost the job. Jesus, if you'd have just been here, they wouldn't have gotten sick. Jesus, if you'd have just been here, he was there with us the whole time. He says, he'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. It wasn't meant for death, but it was meant for my glory. Do you trust him today? Are you trusting him today or are you running with that fist? Trying to tell him how it should have been. Look, we've all been there. We've all been to the place, unless I'm just preaching to myself, where we are so beat up and so broken that we really just would rather crawl in a hole and die. The natural man, the natural woman, I, woe is me. I can't. I can't. I can't, God. But Christ in us, the hope of glory, Christ in us, the anchor of our souls, beckons us forth, beckons us forth. I'm going to get ahead of myself. Let me go back to the here. And then we see Mary. Did Mary go with Martha? Nope. What did Mary do? It says that she stayed in the house. You know what she was doing? I'm going to show him. <laughs> we think this isn't real just because it was 2,000-something years ago. But let me tell you, that's exactly what she was doing. I ain't going. Uh-uh. She was the intimate one, right? She was the one that lavished him with her tears and wiped his feet with her tears. But she said, I ain't going out there. You didn't show up, Jesus. My brother died. Your fault. Uh-uh. No grace was found in her heart that day. You know what she did? She waited. She waited until the pastor called her and said, where have you been, sweetie? Of course, it'd be Pastor Heather, not Pastor Zach, but that one, but, you know. Where you been, sweetie? Haven't seen you in church in a few weeks. Are you, up, are you upset because we asked you not to jump? Not that we did, but, you know. We asked you something. Are you upset because I said no? 
I was just waiting for the call. I mean, I just thought you didn't, you know, care. She. I would throw the mic at you, but I've done that before and it didn't turn out well. Mary stayed at the house until they sent for her. And Martha comes home and said, the teacher is asking for you. And once she hears that the teacher, once she hears that Jesus is asking for her, then she comes, Lord, don't you see my gifts? Don't you see my talents? Don't you see what my family's going through? Why have we been overlooked? We're the important ones. We've the one, been the ones to serve you. We've been the ones to sacrifice. Have you, do you not care, Lord? And she waited until he called for her. And then she came. It's me. It's me. You called for me, Jesus? Scripture actually says that she ran out to meet him. And what I think really happened, because it's, it's happened to me, is you get, a, you get a little bit carnal when you get irritated with Jesus. I call it my wrestling with God moments. And, and, and it, they're fine as long as we always come to the place of repentance and, and, and submission. And the Scripture says that she ran out to meet him. And when she ran out to meet him, she met him in the middle of the city with the crowd around her and all those that were at home mourning they had professional mourners then, and they all followed her, thinking she was going out to the tomb to mourn some more. But they actually followed her to the feet of Jesus. And I believe that Mary, who was a lover of Christ, who, who adored him, who, who worshipped at his feet with her tears, as she ran forward to him to tell him how it was, she was met by Christ himself. And as her eyes fell upon him, I I think she broke and melted. And what she realized in that moment was that pride and that anger was really a heart that was broken and a heart that was longing for protection and longing for comfort. And the Bible says that she fell at his feet and worshipped him. She fell at his feet and worshipped him. That's how I, I want to skip the snotty part. You know, the part that we feel like we have to say, well, I'm so important, Jesus, you done did me wrong. And find ourselves in the middle of heartbreak just at his feet. And say, Lord, here we go. Here we go again, Lord, but I trust you. I love you. I need you. Because what all these three characters, what all these three people didn't realize was Jesus already knew the outcome. And I'll say to you today, where you find yourself in life, he already knows the outcome. He already knows the ending. He's writing the story. He's writing the story. So y'all want to hear a little story? So years ago, I'm talking 12, 16 years ago-ish, I um, moved to New Orleans. The Lord moves me to New Orleans. I answer a phone call. He says, you're leaving, you never come back. I leave, I move, I think I'm totally on top of the world, I'm super spiritual. God's chosen me to move and do his will. So I move, 
I'm working for this company. They hired me to restructure it. I'm working for this company. I start witnessing this crazy stuff. I'm like, I got to leave this place. The Lord says, you can't leave. You're getting fired. I said, wait, if I'm getting fired, I'm leaving. He says, you can't leave. So I stay. The very next day, I witness some very illegal activity. And that afternoon, they fire me. I'm like, whatever. Very upset. I be it became a professional job of mine to look for a job. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Because I, I, I work. That's what I do. I work. I'm a worker bee. So I get my resume together. I get my list of employment together and uh, where I'm going to go. And I start the job hunt. Well, I, the very place that I want to work is the very first place that calls me for an interview. I go in for the interview. It is phenomenal. I aced it. I mean, I had already interviewed thousands of people at that point. I knew I aced the interview. They never called me back. I'm like, what is up with that? So I continue every day to make it my job to look for a job. When I'm not looking for a job, I am analyzing funds. I am figuring out how to live on the bare minimum. I am organizing every area of my apartment, every drawer, every cupboard. The attic got organized because I was not going to be a lazy person without a job, right? Three months later, my savings running out. My transmission goes out of my car. I have to buy a new car, and I get a phone call. It's the very first company that I turned my application in, the very first company that did an interview that I wanted to work for. And you know what the man said? It was the district manager. And he says, hey, listen, I'm sorry it's taken me three months to get back to you. We knew we wanted you whenever we got your application, even before we interviewed you. After we interviewed you, we knew we had to have you, but we didn't have a job with enough money to keep you. So we've been restructuring things within the district to give a position for you to make sure we've got enough money to pay you to keep you for a long time. How does blah, blah, blah sound, and can you start on Monday? Uh, yes. <laughs> but you see, for three months, I was made it my job to be miserable. I made it my job to be, have anxiety and OCD issues because look at me and all I'm doing. All I needed to do was listen to Jesus because he already knew the outcome. You see, we, when we go through stuff, we feel like we have to suffer, right? We, ha we, have, we have to lay down our lives and become the martyr. Look at me. Woe is me. Look at all that's happening. When all we have to do is worship him. When all we have to do is do what Mary did in the end is fall at his feet and worship. Fall at his feet and worship because he knows the end. And what is the end? <laughs> when Martha comes, he tells her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Shall never die. I'm, we are living a life in Christ that you and I will never die. We may die the first death of the physical body, but we'll never die the spiritual death. We'll never die the spiritual death because our being, our spirit man, will eternally live. Because he is the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. So Jesus goes and he, he walks to the tomb and 
everybody's going, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? And he says, roll away the stone. And they're like, but it stinks. Who's stinking out there today? Because it's time to roll out the stone. The very thing, the very brick, the very the stony heart that's blocking you from allowing the love of God to come and touch you. Some of you are looking at me like, man, what's she talking about? She's talking about me. me I'm a throw on her. You see, some people sit out there very dignified, and some people sit out there and really just let it all loose. And there are some people saying, I don't like where she's going with this. The stone in front of the tomb is when life happens and it hurts. And you say, well, I'm going to handle that. Nobody, I'm, nobody's going to hurt me again. I'm going to fix it. I'm going to make it my job to find a job. I'm, I got it. And what happens is we begin to put up walls. Walls that, that guard us from people, but really it blocks us from Jesus. And, and, and those walls, you know where those stones come from the most? From our families? Who, who can hurt us the most? The people that we love the most. Our families and the church, because we expect the church to be perfect. We expect pastors and leaders and friends in the church to be perfect. And when we find out they're not, we get blasted. And then those walls come up. Uh uh. She asked me to do something, I'm gonna say, uh uh, no. She wanna talk to me? I'm gonna, I gotta go to the bathroom. Excuse me. But what that really is, is walls, walls that come up, walls that come up. You see, whenever, um, whenever Zach and I met, he, he, had been through, he, he, he had been through some stuff, and he was not looking for a relationship. I had been through some stuff. I was not looking for a relationship. But what happened is we had walls, and my wall was like 30 feet high and 20 feet deep, baby. Say that again. And he had to jump through some hoops, do some double flips, dive under, and, and everything else to get there. And there was this one little girl in our, in our young adult ministry, and she's 10 years so my uh, younger, and she was just like, I just want to be like you and be single, and you do it all on your own. And, you. and up until I met Zach, within about a year into the relationship, I would have said that was the best place to be until I realized that all those years of hurt put up so many walls. And when God was bringing me my gift, I couldn't accept it because I was so hard-hearted. And I said, you don't want to be like me. We need to learn as little children to take our hearts, to take those broken things, to take the stitch those dead things in our life and bring them to Jesus as they are and be broken before him. Because he says, I've come to bind the brokenhearted. To bind, that, that word bind the brokenhearted literally means like if you've got a broken arm, what are they going to do? They're going to begin to wrap your wrist. Raise your hand. They're going to begin to wrap your wrist. 
And it brings, it brings a sense of security, right? It brings a sense of safety that you can then heal. And, and he literally wants to come and bind your heart, wrap your heart with the bandages of heaven, which is the blood of Christ, that you might be healed. So he, he comes to that tomb and he says, roll that stone away. He says to us this morning, church, roll that stone away. That thing that's saying, tongues isn't for me. Roll the stone away. That says, I don't like the laughing. Roll the stone away. Oh, but he's forgotten about my household. Roll the stone away. But if I just had a car, if I just had the job, roll the stone away. Roll the stone away. And as the stones moved and the stench is coming forth, oh, let it stink. Let it out for all to see. Everybody already knows you're smelling. Everybody already knows you're sassy. Everybody already knows you're negative Nelly. Everybody already knows you're the depressed one. Roll the stone away and let everybody smell it. Because what does he say? Lazarus! Leah! Alan! Elila! Come forth! Come forth! He's calling those dead things, those broken things in our lives. Come forth! I'll no longer live in a spirit of fear. I'll no longer live in a place of depression. I'll no longer live in a place of unsatisfaction. But I will live in that which Christ Jesus died for me. Come forth! Come forth. Come forth. Today is the day. It's your season for life. It's your season to leave. Leave the brokenness behind you. Leave the filth behind you. Leave the sorrow behind you. Leave the excuses. And oh my goodness, the next new Nelly, I'll give you tape for your mouth until you learn how to be obedient. Just come forth. We can put a lock on your Facebook if you don't know how to use it properly. Because let me tell you, if that's what you're saying on Facebook, I don't want to know what's in your heart. Jesus, 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 come forth, he says. Come, come. He beckons us out of that place. It is so easy for us to just justify. It's so easy for us to just come to church and check and leave and check and leave. But is that what he's called you to? Check and leave, check and leave, check and leave. It's a marriage. It's a marriage. It's a holy Union, it's a covenant that we walk to the altar and we invite him to come and live in our hearts. We invite him to come and wash us clean of our filth. Let me tell, church, there are people here today that have never accepted Jesus, that don't understand the gospel. And for right now, I'm going to speak to you. Jesus came and he died for every single person sitting in here today. Yes. 
But if it was just you, he would have still died on that cross. Because every single one of us have fallen short of the glory of God. Every single one of us has, has, has sinned within us. Whether you're the ex-druggie or you're the church boy, you're still nasty as all get out without Jesus. But Jesus came and walked this earth as a perfect man, was bruised and beaten and murdered so that we would be justified before God himself, so that he could stand in the gap for you and I and say that his blood was shed so that we could have a relationship with Jesus. That is our saving grace. Not by works. None of us deserve resurrection life. But it's a free gift by accepting him. And for the rest of us, church, it doesn't stop there. It doesn't stop there. And this is where a preacher shouldn't have to plead with you. Oh, you foolish Galatians. Having begun in the spirit, are you going to finish in the arm of the flesh? Oh, you foolish people. Have you begun in the spirit and you want to finish in the arm of the flesh? It doesn't stop with the prayer. It doesn't stop with that first year of having everything excited and all this new stuff to open. It doesn't stop there. He says, I've called you that you might have life and life abundant. The Zoe God kind of life where everything is illuminated. That he comes and he baptizes with the Holy Ghost and power that you and I might live a supernatural God kind of life that we couldn't live without him. He said that you and I will do greater works than he. Greater works than he. Let me tell you, we aren't anything special, but Christ in us is all that there is. Christ in us, the hope of glory. I might just be a simple little country girl from Milton, Louisiana, but I've got the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And he's given me a story to tell. And he's given you a story to tell. He's given you a story to tell. It doesn't stop with the initial prayer. You have ears to hear. Will you get the wax out? He's calling you forth. He's calling you forth. Well, don't you know I serve on this board and I serve on this leadership team and I lead this? Who cares? He says, come forth. Come forth. Pastor Grace, I'm going to ask you to come up here for a second. I'm going to pick on you, but it's a God pick. You might be a staff pastor. I'm going to lay hands on you in just a second. You sit right there. Hubby, you want to come catch her? Because she's going to go flying in about half a second. <laughs> God's got something for you. There's a death. There's a stench and a death. But he's calling you forth into newness of life. So you might, you think you something. You could be, you could be staff pastor. Standing up here saying, uh-uh, I'm going to lie to my pastors, tell them I'm sick and my kids are sick, and I ain't going to do something. <laughs> See, you all think everybody's in leadership or everybody in staff got it all together. 
But there's things in us that got to die. There's things in us that stink. Do you hear what I'm saying? But now you've even turned it off of, well, it ain't me, it's her. Ha ha. No, listen. It doesn't stop at the prayer. It doesn't stop at the leadership role. It doesn't stop at the ordination. It doesn't stop at the doctorates. It doesn't stop until we cross over into our heavenly home. There's a stench in us all, and he's saying, come forth, my beloved, come forth. Come up a little higher. Come up a little higher. It's not meant for your death. It's not meant for your death. It's meant for the glory of God. Because you see, the broken things in grace, the broken places in grace, there's reasons why she doesn't like to go talk to people. Because life's happened to her. And there's broken places inside of her. But it's not meant for her death. And, and thankfully, she chooses to live in a place of vulnerability. Everybody say vulnerability. vulnerability. Where she can't stay in the tomb. And so what she didn't realize today as she came forth to testify is Jesus was rolling away the tomb while Brandon and Tamara were talking. He was rolling away the stone. Come forth, Grace. Come forth. I didn't give you a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. The greatest commandment is this, that you love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul. And that you love your neighbor as yourself. Thank you for joining the Celebration Podcast. For more information, visit ccacron.org or call us at 330-762-7458. You can also download the Celebration app from iTunes or the Android store. With my father, it's so hard.